Hello, everyone, and welcome to this month's edition of the Forward Together podcast. Today, we'll be talking to two extraordinary educational leaders, Wichita Public Schools Superintendent Dr. Alicia Thompson and Wichita State University Provost Dr. Shirley Lefevre. My first guest, Dr. Thompson, is a Wichita through and through. She attended Wichita Public Schools from the time she was in elementary school until she graduated from Heights High School. Her career as an educator and administrator for USD 259 spans almost three decades, and in 2017, she was selected as superintendent for Kansas's largest school district, serving more than 50,000 students. In one of our points of pride, she earned a doctorate in educational leadership from Wichita State in 2015. Well, good afternoon, Alicia. It's good to see you. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today on the podcast here at Wichita State. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, it's good, good to see you again. And um, I want to just talk a little bit about um, the relationship between Wichita State and, and the Wichita Public Schools. And, and that relationship goes back to the early days of our university and, and probably to the school district. Um, could you talk about um, some of the most impactful programs that we've done together and, and, and how do you think those have, have really helped student learning? Yeah. Well, I, I am so, we are so fortunate to, to have such a strong partnership with Wichita State University. Um, I could just go on and on, but I'll, I'll highlight a few of them, some of the recent ones that we've had. Um, the Molecular Diagnostic Laboratory, which is the PCR testing, mm-hmm. I think that that was a very huge, significant uh, partnership. Um, it was where um, we were able to uh, have very quick, responsive uh, t- testing results from COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, if we did not have that partnership, I don't believe we would have been able to keep our doors open and our kids in school and our staff in school without that partnership. Mm-hmm. That partnership lasted throughout our COVID, uh, the pandemic, um, and it lasted right till November of 2019. And that was a phenomenal partnership. Some of the others that are uh, really significant and had some good impact have been from the College of Applied Studies. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, we have a couple of your, uh, quite a few actually, of your students who actually work for the Wichita Public Schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them uh, is starting in January, and they work in the cybersecurity, uh, and they will be monitoring our networks uh, on, on a regular basis, uh, making oh. sure that we are not being attacked. Uh, so that is really cool, and we're really excited about that uh partnership in that particular division of that college. And we're going to be, uh, they'll start in January. We also have some of your folks from the IT world that are in our spaces. They work in about nine of our schools and they help us with repair. They helped plan and execute our um, deployment of our one-to-one devices for our students. Um, And they troubleshoot for kids and teachers as they're using the technology throughout the day. So that is an awesome, uh, impactful program as well. And one of the other ones that has really been kind of really longstanding is our relationship with uh, research uh, from the doctoral students in the College of Applied Studies. We pick a, a, a topic every year. Uh, we've gone from academic programs. Our esports program is the one we're doing this year. Um, some of our social and emotional learning work. And they do research for us and help us to solve problems uh, with the research that they're doing. Um, and we've been able to really impact a lot of our work with 
within our school district because of the research mm -hmm. that has been done by the doctoral students in the College of Applied Studies. Um, so we, I could really go on and on, yeah. but I'll just stop there. Uh, but we have many, many other impactful programming and partnerships that we have within the Wichita Public Schools and Wichita State. Well, I'm glad you brought up the Molecular Diagnostic Laboratory and, and how we help um, this community and, of course, your school district mm -hmm. um, stay safe and open as possible and healthy. Um, a lot of people don't understand that, that kids, if they're not um, um, healthy themselves, if the, if the teachers are not healthy themselves, right. you know, learning's not going to happen. And I believe um, I got this right. You mentioned that um, you, the doctoral program in the College of Applied Studies you have your doctoral degree from the College of Applied Studies, or it used to be called the College of Education. That is right? correct. So, I am a Shocker alum, <laughs> <You're right, exactly. laughs> a proud one. <laughs> and we're very proud that you are. Um, I have had the opportunity, probably you too, um, uh, in your role, uh, working with a lot of those doctoral students over time and, and just hearing about some of the, the, the field studies that they're doing yes. in your district to, to really help move things forward and great partnership. Yes. So I'm um, glad you brought that up. So for the past year, a few years actually, um, uh, we've had some historic, historic challenges and you mentioned COVID is one of those. Um, <clears throat> and I know that COVID here at this institution has required us to think differently and become innovative. And, and so what, what are some of the things that you all have learned from that now that we're hopefully towards the end of that yeah. pandemic? Um, and how you might be doing things differently be just because of the things that you um, had to do um, when we were right in the middle of, the, of, of COVID. Well, it's interesting that um, one of the things that we had to do was to shift very quickly because in our district before COVID, we didn't have a lot of technology. Teachers didn't use it as tools as much. We had it, but it was just kind of, mm -hmm. you know, not readily a you know, used in our in our school district. And when COVID came, we were actually, we had a five-year plan of how we were going to get the technology in the buildings and how we were going to integrate, teach the teachers how to use it. And that sped up that five-year plan. And I think we did it in a matter of a couple of months. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we got technology available. We had teachers trained. And so we moved some things that needed to be moved uh, in, a, in a faster pace during that time. And what we learned about that, you know, is that students really are more engaged when they have a combination of the two. Students didn't do well, just technology by itself. Mm -hmm. So they needed to have some face-to-face -face and they needed to have technology. And what we've learned since we've come back is that students want that combination mm -hmm. of the two. Yeah. Um, and so we as a district have had to really shift a lot of our thinking and a lot of our training to teach teachers how to really truly integrate it and not just use it as a tool where you just put it in front of the students and then they're interacting kind of like a worksheet, but how do you use that as a tool to solve problems? How do you use it as a tool to research and find new information mm -hmm. to be able to apply it to the things that you're uh, needing to do with the content, uh, with the standards for our state? So I think that what we did learn was is technology is important face-to-face -face is important, and we also learned that social and emotional learning is important. We knew that our teachers needed to really learn how to um, build those stronger relationships with students so that, that we, they could create those environments where kids felt safe in the spaces as well. So those are a couple of things that we've learned throughout the pandemic that, what, that we needed to do that just propelled us to move that work faster. Mm -hmm. You know, I have 
like you do. And, um, and of course, your work every day, you're around teachers. But I have some friends who are, who are teachers and 259. And um, although it would be an overgeneralization to, to say that what was done was work for all kids, because we know that's probably not, not the case. But one of the things I did learn from uh, the, the folks that I know who work at 259 is that they learned that there was a lot of resiliency among those kids. Yes. And, and when they're forced to be in a difficult situation, we can get a lot of them through this by just just because of that resiliency and that, and that grit that, that many of our kids have. And we sometimes don't talk about that. And um, people rise to the occasion um, when we have when we're all faced with a, a difficult situation. That is correct. And, yeah. I, and I think that our not only did our students learn that, but our teachers did too. Mm-hmm. I think they found out that they can do more uh, and they had more grit and more resilience than what they've had. And now that they have it, they're able to now teach and pass that, continue to keep that uh, energy in the classrooms and that learning environment. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing, all of us, back in March of 2020, that we were able to turn on a dime like we did. And so just (laughs) as difficult as that was, we all were able to um, continue to move forward and keep people moving down the the road. And collaboration and working together and being a team also was something that was learned that we do better when we're we're together working. Exactly. So um, you've been involved in um, a teacher preparation, not only at the collegiate level, but also, you know, in your doctoral studies and, and looking at and all of that, but also you have been involved, of course, of preparing students of the future. What, what do you see as the, the long-term challenges that we have facing us in public education in particular? Um, what we know is that, you know, we've got some results that say that our students um, kind of fell behind in their reading and their math in particular reading. And what we need to continue to learn about that and also prepare the teacher preparatory program in learning is that reading really is rocket science. Mm. Um, It, we really need to know the art and the science of how students learn to read. Um, And so I would say that we really need to focus in on um, being trained in this particular methodology or the learning of letters which is the language essentials for teachers of reading and spelling. Hmm. Um, that particular professional development for teachers are really making a difference in being able to really accelerate the learning for students um, in literacy. Um, we also need to have teachers and administrators who are innovative because there are lots of problems out there. and We need problem solvers. We need people that are able to think outside of the box to be able to do those kinds of things. We need people that are able to inspire and build strong relationships with kids. I think those are some of the things that I would be looking for and that we need to begin to look in those programs. Like you said, resiliency perseverance. Those are the things that we need to teach our young people. um, And those are the skill sets that we need our teachers and administrators to have moving forward. Yes. So so important. Um, And I know that uh, one of the additional partnerships that we've had here at the university, not just uh, college applied studies where the school of education is, but um, all across our campus, uh, we've had um, people here reading to, um, uh, to their kids and various different levels. Yes. Um, and which is so important, as you know, as, as uh, kids who, are, who read and, and read with an adult are more likely to do better in certain areas of, of their education. So, yes. And, and 
we know that we'll, we'll continue helping with that. We have a lot of interest among people across the campus for that program. So you've recently announced that you'll be retiring after 30 plus years of um, in the entirely in the Wichita Public Schools. That is correct. And, and we're going to miss you. And, and I always um, hate when I see strong leaders um, go on, but, you know, they have their reasons for doing it. What, what's the next um, phase of your life look like? Well, my next phase in life is to take a nap first. <laughs> I think I just, I want to kind of spend some time with my family. Um, I'll probably cook a meal for my husband. Maybe he'll get some <laughs> home-cooked meals here. Um, and then I have a daughter that's going to be graduating from high school uh, next year. And uh, we'll do some college tours and uh, at Wichita State. I'm hoping to get her to be a shocker, like mm -hmm. her mom was an alum here. So we, I want her to be able to do that. And we've spent some time on campus here. So I'm hoping we'll be able to get her graduated and enrolled in, uh, at Wichita State. And... Um, and then I'll take a deep breath and then determine um, what I do next. But whatever it is, it's going to definitely be in the realm of supporting students and kids because that's where my passion will continue to be. Well, and we're looking forward to seeing what that looks like. We'll be following it closely. Before we leave this, though, um, what, um, what do you see in terms of partnerships between 259 and, um, and, and WSU? Yeah. Um, you know, what I really see a lot of is is, is creating a pre-K through 16 kind of a continuation. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're getting very close to having some of those opportunities there. I think our strategic plan really aligns with the, a lot of the work that's happening at the College of Applied Studies, um, which is increasing, you know, the dual and concurrent credits. You're thinking about um, credentialing. Um, you're, there's tons of things what happens with pay where people are working in our schools, we're working, we're coming to your campus, you're coming into the schools, and we have that seamless kind of uh, engagement with one another. Um, I think uh, our Better Academics and Social Excellence Program, which is increasing the boys of color coming to higher ed and even going into education, is an area that I think we will continue to, to continue to work with. I mean, the list just continues to go on and on of the possibilities, but really, um, one other I want to mention is strengthening that Shocker neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I think that that is a huge project that has the potential for some huge impact uh, with our students that live in the Shocker neighborhood. Um, so there's just so many possibilities that I can think of that we could continue to increase our partnership and align our work and really get that true uh, pre-K through 16 experience for our students in our, in our community. Yeah, and... Um you know, one of the good things about our relationship, um, 259 is all about access, all about supporting um, kids, all about supporting them to move on to whether that's a two-year degree or a certificate or a four-year degree. And that's that's what we want to. That's, um, you know, our, our really our partnership is 259, WSU Tech, and Wichita State, that whole mm -hmm. continuum. And that's, that's right. kind of what you're talking about, that mm -hmm. P16 um, where you start in high school and, and get kids interested and on the track to get something in post-secondary post education. Because we know that all the jobs of the future are going to require some additional um, education beyond high school. So you mentioned, um, I think, base. Is that what you were talking <laughs> about? I, I've had some opportunities to, to interact with those young men who come in with uh, Mr. 
Polite. Polite. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he's 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 great. Yes. Um, uh, what what's been the um, the feedback that you've gotten from that program from your perspective as a superintendent and um, what our students have been doing here on campus? It's been kind of neat because I follow up with those young men and I meet with them separate, you know, at different times throughout the year, and. I believe that they see college as a possibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of them, um, you know, that was not something that is being discussed maybe in their homes or even in some instances at school uh, with some of the experiences that they've, they've shared with me. But what they can see now is that they've been on the campus, they see themselves here. And they see that there are people here that want them here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that is the first step. And now what we're doing is talking about how do you get there? You know, what kind of grades do you need to have? You know, what kind of a financial uh, responsibilities and family connections, the FASCA for filling out FASCA forms and looking for scholarships. And those are things that now those students and those young men are talking about. Mm-hmm. And those are things that they were not talking about and could not see that there that it was a possibility before the base yeah. program and the partnership with Wichita State. And I was just, I loved it. Even during uh, COVID, um, uh, we were able to get some some of the uh, students on campus. Um, but yeah. outside of that, it's just great to see them just all over this campus yeah. and um, looking at various different things I hadn't thought about. And, yeah. um, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing where you're your career goes next, and I'm sure there'll be something really great for our community, and we really appreciate all of what you brought to this uh, school district, 259, but also to our community. So thank you so much for being here, Alicia. Thank you for the invitation. My next guest is someone I've known and worked with for years, Wichita State Executive Vice President and Provost Dr. Shirley Lefevre. Shirley has spent her career helping prepare teachers and administrators for the school setting, first at the University of Arkansas, where she was instrumental in developing its Masters of Arts and Teaching program, and then in 2015, she joined the Wichita State family. Since becoming a member of Shocker Nation, Shirley has worked as a faculty member, a department chair, dean of the College of Applied Studies, and in April of this year, she was selected as the university's executive vice president and provost. Good afternoon, Shirley. It's good to see you. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule. I know you have nothing going on. You have no meetings probably today. It's just Friday, and you know, I have nothing to do. Uh, but thank you for being here. Very glad to be here, and uh, couldn't think of a better place to spend my time. Well, great. So we're talking about education um, on this particular podcast, and You've been working in higher education and uh, as a teacher uh, and a professional in that world um, for more than 30 years, long time. Um, What are some of the most significant changes you've seen in in that time, maybe starting out on the K-12 side and then higher education? You know, I think probably one of the things that is always very striking to me is uh, when I first went into higher education, there was sort of this feeling that you know, you build a good program and the students will just come to you. I don't think that's the case anymore. And it probably really hasn't been the case for a long time, really. And uh, so I think people, students, parents, community, they want they want to know what they're going to get out of a higher education. And so, um, and even with K-12 as a classroom teacher, uh, my parents that I worked with would, would always ask, why do we have to learn this? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's very 
purpose-driven, and uh, that's why one of the reasons why I think what we're doing here at WSU with applied learning makes so much sense to me. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just we have to be at the table and um, make sure that everything we're doing has some kind of purpose or relevance. Yeah, I have this conversation a lot with people. They, they believe that, um, you know, they kind of harken back to the days of when we went to school, um, when, you know, there was more opportunity for us to explore a little bit more and kind of, you know, figure out what we want to do. And it was a little bit haphazard. Some of us had more purpose than others. And, um, and there's this belief that uh, uh, higher education now is, is, doesn't have critical thinking and liberal arts in it. But that's just not true. We, we still have that core foundation. But what's different is that we're working with students to help guide them to a career. Because that's their expectation. That's what their parents are expecting. They're paying for more of their education. And, um, you know, they want they want to be able to have some sort of return on investment when, when they leave the university. And I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, that's why our our university is, I think, uh, growing because we're providing these intentional experiences for students. That's why their students are wanting to come here. That's why business and industry wants to come here. So, yeah, I, I think that all of that fits really well. And, and we haven't lost right. some of that uh, that people are harking right. back for. And, and, and when we were um, uh, back in the good old days, you know. You know, sometimes I think that's so my memory of back in the good old, old days, there was a lot of rote memorization and mm -hmm. really not that much about applied learning yeah. or a application of what you were learning. And so when I first went to the University of Arkansas, uh, one of the reasons I went there was because we were looking at, uh, we need to redesign teacher preparation, just throw everything out and start from the very beginning. And, and um, it was really at the start of a movement called professional development schools mm -hmm. where um, so our, the degree program that we developed, my university class was in the elementary school. My classroom was right across the hall from, an el uh, from a kindergarten classroom. Mm -hmm. So I, I knew or I learned really quickly uh, that everything that I was teaching in my university methods course better work because they were going to walk across the hall yeah. and apply it right then. And it was just fascinating because over the course of a semester or, or over the course of an academic year, my university students could see those kindergarten students learn to become readers and writers. And everything that they were reading about in their textbook made so much sense because they were watching it in real uh, life. So to me, we're, we're just doing more of that. It's yeah. it's. In all of, the, all of our fields here at the mm -hmm. university, it's not dissimilar mm -hmm. to uh, the background that I come from in healthcare. You know, when I was a, a new faculty member down in Texas and I taught in the morning in the classroom, I'd grab those students and take them over to the clinics and they'd uh, and help me uh, uh, take care of those patients. And so, yeah, it, there was, it's a seamless kind of an educational process that, um, you know, it's just evolved over, over time and, 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 but here at Wichita State, we're making sure all of our students have that opportunity. So yeah. it makes it a little bit different. We, we've talked a little bit about this, but how is Wichita State working to align its programming with the evolving needs of our communities, our students, and, and our teachers? 
to me that that also is just more of the same so every time we're out in the community when we are part of those conversations about what the industry needs we're going to make sure that our programs and our courses are more relevant so you know i think the teacher apprentice program is just one example of that we went around the state and we talked to superintendents and school district personnel and paraeducators and and we asked the question okay how do we solve this teacher shortage problem if we could design a program and work with school districts what would it look like i think we're doing that same thing with uh, a lot of disciplines on our campus uh, conversations with ATF and, and mm -hmm. the things that have emerged from those conversations. And we could just go by college to college to college and point out examples of, of how I think us being at the table with industry when those conversations are happening and being pos positioning ourselves as wanting to be part of the solution. So, um, and, and I think the reason our programs some of our newer programs in particular are growing is because they've emerged from those conversations. Yeah. A lot of people think uh, applied learning experiences or in engineering or healthcare or, um, uh, you know, uh, some of the more technical fields. Uh, but the teacher apprentice program is a really good example of how we went out, you, you and your colleagues went out and um, asked ask the school district superintendents and the leaders out there, what is it that you really need and design that program? And now it's one of our largest programs in the, in the, at the university. Um, again, all of the students getting very much applied learning, experience-based learning uh, out in their, uh, in their schools without having to, to leave. These are paraeducators. I should have mentioned that earlier. So, uh, great examples. Uh, so part of Wichita State's mission statement is to be an essential educational driver from your perspective as a teacher, educator, and as a provost at uh, the state's only urban public research university. What are some of the things that, that we're currently doing to support this mission um, as we move forward? You know, I think when I listen to that phrase, the word that just jumps out is essential. And uh, when we say essential, that means it's it's vital to somebody's livelihood. So it's vital to our community's livelihood to be connected to us, and it's vital to our livelihood as an institution of higher education to be connected to the people that we serve, the community that we serve. So, you know, I think that um, by virtue of being in those spaces and really listening and being part of the solution and thinking forward to what what are the emerging trends or what are the needs that will be coming from industry and how do we position ourselves to respond to that? To me, that makes us an essential educational provider. So yeah, uh, that's great. This description, you know, we're on this podcast. We're going to hear from one of our uh, local superintendents and. You know, part of being an essential educational driver is also to create pipelines and the work that we're doing with, with high schools. And, and I know that you come from K through 12. Can you describe some of the things that, that you think you'll see happening in the future um, coming out of partnerships with the K through 12 systems here in, in our local area and beyond? Sure. We've had some conversations really recently about um, how do we make those connections to K-12 even stronger. We have a great relationship with the school districts in our area, 
And uh, but but I think there's always what's next. And so some of the the conversations have been around what what would it look like if we had an early college academy, where uh, the high school and the and the uh, university are sort of in that same shared space, and the students are learning about. Um, multiple career options at the same time they're earning credit towards their general education requirements. So, so again, it's kind of applying that purpose mm-hmm. uh, and intention alongside a little bit earlier in, in the student's progression. So it's down into high school and, and really helping them see application I think even high schools are looking differently. Mm-hmm. So they're embracing project-based learning and, and problem-based learning. And I uh, was just at a high school the other day where um, the students start with real-world problems. And and then they bring in disciplines from whatever. It might be engineering or it might be teacher preparation. or And then those those students just come together as a team and they try to figure out how to solve the problem. The, the example I'm thinking about in my head is a veterinarian uh, brought a duck with a broken bill in and told the kids, this duck's bill needs to be fixed. And so they had to figure out how to, they had to learn about the respiratory system of a duck. They had to think about how do they create a 3D model of a duck bill? How do you adhere it to that animal? It, it wow. was powerful. Mm-hmm. And it, it just spanned a number of, of disciplines and the deans were there at the time and so we started asking okay so if that's what high school looks like what does that mean for higher education so uh, and great conversations and I think some of those uh, some of that is staying with us as we design, design more courses I think about the first year design experience in mm-hmm. engineering is very much like that so yeah. you know just listening to you talk <clears throat> about this um, uh, project-based learning, experiential-based learning, problem-solving. That's not a new concept. Uh, But what is new in higher education, higher education seems to lag some of these things that are happening at K-12 through and other disciplines that really have to rely on um, experience-based kinds of education. So I I think it's great that, that Wichita State, years ago, um, seven, eight years ago, took that leap to to really make this part of everybody's curriculum. And it, and it really, I believe, is making an impact. You've heard me say this. I'll say it for the listeners. Over 6,000 of our students um, are earning about $28 million working with um, uh, industry partners. Whoever hires our graduates, people on our campus, and, and uh, we now have over 50 companies um, that are located on our campus, either headquartered or offices. And um, you know, really, I think, making a difference in students um, and, and their learning. So you've been on the job for, um, I think, close to two years because uh, just the listeners should understand that um, I appointed Shirley as interim provost when I became interim president back in the fall of 2020. So that was about two years ago. Um, and then you became the permanent provost um, this last spring. So um, knowing what uh, provost is like the role because I was in that. Um, tell us how things are going. Um, what's what's your experiences? What are you working on? What's your focus? Things are going well. I I'm really putting a lot of emphasis on, uh, as you know, retention because I think all of these things tie together in 
Um, I think that we've done a great job of building our enrollment numbers, and I think now we're at a point where we can really focus on how, what, what are the experiences, what are the opportunities that our students need so that they can continue to be successful here at WSU and, and stay and graduate. And so we're putting a lot of emphasis on that. Um, getting to know the offices across campus and the individuals within each of those offices and, and really trying to think about how do we continue to leverage the work in each of those spaces, really elevate it so that we have bigger impact than we've had before. So it's been great getting to know more and more people and their specific roles and kind of having that recharged conversation about the, our students mm -hmm. and how do we just continue to make um, their learning experience better. Because I think Every day you can always get better at something. So I think that's what the work is in front of us. Well, you're also bla blazing some trails here. We, uh, the last time we had a female provost was in the early 90s before I even came to Wichita State. And um, ever since then, or every other provost at the university has been uh, a male. Um, not that there's a problem with that, but um, it, there, there are differences that you bring to this role. Your background and teacher preparation, I think, is important, obviously, for the reasons that we've talked about. So thank you for um, stepping up and um, putting yourself out there um, and, and you know, putting your application in and interviewing for the job and, and being selected as the provost and executive vice president. People also need to understand that she's also the executive vice president, so that means that she has a lot of people reporting to her. So. <laughs> I'm enjoying the work. It's important work, and we yeah. have a great team. Well, great. It's good to talk to you, Shirley. Good to see you, um, and uh, we'll we'll be seeing you soon in other meetings. Sounds great. Thanks, Rick. And thank you to everyone listening. Join me next month when I chat with Dr. John Tomlin, Wichita State Senior Vice President for Industry and Defense Programs, and one of the significant drivers in developing Wichita State's innovation campus. Mm -hmm.